This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. Well, in the end, it's the Knicks at land, Carmelo Anthony from Denver. And Amari Stoudemire happy that he's on hand. Stoudemire addressing the media today says the team will be hard to guard now. Likes the idea of having that one-two punch. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Said I don't know if I've ever been good enough. I'm a little bit rusty and All right, I Zoo. I like it. Well, Matchbox 20 bringing us back here on a Thursday morning. You got Fleegs and Lepresti, Fleelo on a warm-up show here on a Thursday, heading up to the top of the hour. Boomer and Jerry come your way then. So we got briefly into the Yankees there before we hit the first break uh, and reference the story from Bob Clappish, NJ.com. And I'll just kind of give you the gist or a little taste of it here. Despite the mounting pressure, talking about, you know, social media and fan outrage, both with uh, Brian Cashman and Aaron Boone, uh, a source familiar with Hal Steinbrenner's thinking says the owner has already decided one of the two will be back in 2024. Cashman is safe, according to the source. Quote, the idea of firing Cashman isn't even on the table. It's not up for discussion. Now, look. Like I referenced before we went to the break, there still are a lot of games to be played. Stranger things have happened. We understand that. Um, and you don't want to really, I don't think you want to make decisions before the season's over. According to this story and this source, it sounds like that's already been made. Now, if you don't want to make a move, you just gave the guy a contract extension, you know, you want to have uh, continuity, all those things. I get it. But to say that it's not even up for discussion, it's not in consideration, it's basically like, again, thumbing the nose at the fan base, like, you don't know what you're talking about. You reference what he said, Hal, Hal said, whatever it was, six weeks, two months ago about, you know, what, what, why I don't understand why everybody's so upset. It's just, you've used the word arrogance. I think it might be a combination of that and also just having no feel for what your fan base actually thinks. And I get it. The ballpark for the most part is full outside of the COVID year. They make a ton of money. Brian Cashman contributes to that. But my theory on why he's been so resistant to change at that particular spot is Brian Cashman is all he's ever known, right? Hal Steinbrenner, you could make the case, didn't want to get into this. He's a businessman. And the big accusation or criticism of him since he's taken over the club has been more about business than it's been about winning comparisons to his father. I'm not even going to go that route because that's the low-hanging fruit. Everyone loves to do that. He's not his dad. He's not going to be his dad. We understand that. But I wonder how much fear there might be for Hal Steinbrenner. Like, okay, well, if I move on from Brian Cashman, then it's on me to figure out who the replacement is. And if I promote from within some name that most people probably aren't familiar with or has a connection to Brian Cashman, then the criticisms could still be the same. Hey, I went with the same kind of guy or the Cashman regime. And if I got to go outside the organization, 
What do I do? And it reminds me a lot of the Jets where Woody Johnson would get these consultants involved and bring in some, you know, outside company to try and help him doing these national search firms to try and make a hire. And we saw that fail time and time again. And I get it. Baseball is different than football, you know, different operation, um, you know, different approach, different setup, all those things. But like, I think that Hal just wants to hang on to Brian Cashman as long as possible. Hey, we're in the playoffs almost every year. We win a lot of games. We make a lot of money. Don't fix it if it's not broke. It's almost like a security blanket for him a little bit. Well, you said it's a fear, and I think it's a justified fear. You go out there, a lot of teams, you know, how did the Red Sox do? Not everybody, but some of the guys post-Theo Epstein. They've had success, and some have not. The Cubs are looking a little bit better now, but... First, and ownership played a part in it in scaling back the payroll. Talk but, about like replacing the big-time right, repla- executive that's been there a long time. A lot of Yankee fans don't want to credit Cashman. You know, Stick Michael built the team, and I get all that. But Cashman has done, overall, maybe not the ideal job here, but he's done a good job. Yeah, you look, can't have the, the, the winning seasons in the playoffs yeah, without calling it a good job. Totally agree with that. We're looking more at the short right. term and what's gone and, on in recent In the last years. few years, I don't think he's done a good job. Yeah. I think he's made a lot of mistakes. I understand Hal's fear because there's a lot of unknown out there, and a lot of these guys, even if you know they're the next hotshot kid, they might seem very smart. Once you're running the show, it's a very different job. A lot of them can't handle that. We see that all the time in every sport, whether that's you know at a coaching level and football coordinators can't be head coaches. Boomer talked about that yesterday. Some guys are meant to be coordinators. There are guys who might be really good assistant GMs or head of a scouting department. They're mm-hmm. not built to be a GM and run an entire organization. So I get his fear, and I'm okay with how saying, you know what, one season of missing the playoffs in the last six is not going to make me fire Brian Cashman. I'm totally on board with that, even though I think Cashman has made a lot of mistakes. He's built up enough of a resume where he should get another shot, but that's where you have to step in as the owner and have a conversation with Brian Cashman and say, listen, I know you have a new way of doing things. You have to figure it out. Let's talk whether it's a year, whether it's two years. You have to figure this out because something here is obviously not right. It's not as well-oiled as you make it out to be. You have a couple years. You're not going anywhere, but figure it out and maybe force him to make one change that he might be a little bit uncomfortable with to get a different kind of voice in the room. Yeah, they and that's did that where this I would year, though. For th- they brought in Mania. They brought in How Sabian. much say do they really have? I agree, but I'm saying— I'm you know, talking about somebody who we know is there where maybe you force him to, hey, you know what? Go bring. I was having this conversation with somebody yesterday when we were talking about the Mets and uh, what are they going to do with Buck? And you know, if David Stearns comes in, will they hire, will they hire his own guy? Yeah. He's an analytic mind. And I said, yeah, I really don't— like that idea, but if it's Craig Council, at least I can live with it because he's run a big league clubhouse before. Think about some of the managers that, at least in our lifetimes, have run these New York teams and how much better those who have done the job before the have been than the guy guys who there. have no yeah. experience. Yeah. The, New York is not a place where you can learn on the job. I'm sorry, but the New York Yankees, even if Cashman thinks he built this flawless, impeccable roster, which he did not, the Bronx is not a place where you can that. just learn how to. Well, listen, you, <laughs> you, got, you, talk, you hear him speaking. I it sounds like it. I know, but we again, we live and he die. Doesn't, he doesn't make changes, so he not only does he sound like it, he acts like. Well, there's not much work to do here. Yeah, I, I look. I think sometimes after the decision's made and they feel like, well, okay, if I fall on the sword here and start ripping myself, it doesn't change the fact that this is what we have left. Now, I do think there's a stubbornness and sometimes an arrogance, like especially in the off season. 
But when I listened to Brian Cashman post-trade deadline, that to me sounded like a, while he might not have come out and said, yeah, I screwed up, I failed, it, he sounded like a beaten, defeated man. That's, that's, that was the, the takeaway I had. The most interesting takeaway I had was when he mentioned the budget. Well, we had budget restrictions like, well, Brian, yeah. nobody forced you to go spend your 20-plus million dollars last year on Josh Donaldson. They just, I'm okay with Cashman sticking around. But Hal Steinbrenner and Brian Cashman, at least the two of them, maybe Boone, if he's a part of it, if I was making the decisions, he would not be. But they have to sit down and come up with a two- or three-year plan. What is the plan for the immediate future to get them back to where they should be? And if they don't think it's fixable in a year or two, then how are you getting back to where you need to be in two or three years? Keep in mind that by that point, Garrett Cole and Aaron Judge are in their mid-30s. They just need, you know, whether or not you agree with it, the Mets right now have a plan. And it could completely backfire. A very clear plan. Right, it might not work. But even since Steve Cohen came in, that's a guy who had a plan. For the first time in my life, I feel like the New York Yankees are directionless. Yeah, and, and that they certainly cannot happen, the trade especially with the most experienced baseball operations person in the sport yeah. running the show. They were caught in, there's no doubt about it. They were caught in between at the deadline. You had rival executives or competing executives, you know, anonymously basically say that via the athletic. And again, if you listen to Cashman that night, in as the Yankees are on the field post trade deadline six o'clock on that Tuesday, and so yeah, we were kind of caught in between, didn't know which way to go. So hey, well, let's hope that Cortez and uh, Loisica coming back is gonna help us and get us over the top. And then obviously since then you had the Herman situation. Severino's continued to struggle. Rodon goes down, even if it's gonna be short term, as he's throwing on flat ground and says he's gonna be ready when his fifteen days are up. So that remains. And that's to where be seen. also you get where a lot of fans who like the fans who are frustrated and know what the own no might be, know it might fail. For any Yankee fan that says, you know what, it's been 25 years, I'm done, move on. I can't fight them. I disagree, but it's it's a fair point that they make. You get their frustration because all those comments, you know, yeah, Luisi is coming back and Nestor's coming back. Luis Severino has been, he's in the midst of right now, it's the worst 12 starter, 12 appearance stretch in the history of the New York Yankees. <laughs> Carlos Rodon has been bad every start, except for, of course, facing the hapless New York Mets lineup. The offense <laughs> has been a joke pretty much all season, especially in the time without Aaron Judge. Nestor Cortez and Jonathan Luisica. Don't do they a single thing well. about that. Yeah, it, but it doesn't. So that's doesn't where mean. I understand why the fans are frustrated, saying, you know, hey, well, there's one area, the bullpen, it's going to get even better. That's great. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The areas where you're among the worst in the league, and offensively, they're one of the worst teams in the league, especially batting average on base percentage. If Judge and Stanton aren't running into home runs, they don't score. I get why the fans are fed up. Yeah, and Stanton runs into a home run last night, but then in the seventh and inning, listen, in you a better big hope spot. he hits a home run because if he hits it anywhere in the field, yeah, he can't we run. know he can't run yeah, the bases. Right. And he strikes out in a big spot last night. They had a couple of rallies in the seventh and the eighth come up short, but you know, they were behind at that point. Severino, they tried the opener, Rowdy and Hamilton, nice crisp 10 pitch first inning. You think, all right, maybe send him out for an out. No, here comes Severino and bang, you know, right out of the gate, hard contact after hard contact, ball in the seats, and it's a three spot for the White Sox. So 
skipping that first inning and trying to get a little bit further down in the White Sox lineup uh, obviously did not work. So the Severino struggles continue. A couple things you mentioned with uh, with the situation with Cashman, front office, and Hal and all that. Number one being, look, we, we can't accuse the Yankees of being cheap and not spending money. It's the allocation of it, the way in which they've spent it, and then it has forced them to sort of shop in the bargain bin at these other spots where we all are looking at it and feeling like it's so obvious they need to upgrade in certain areas. Obviously, left field in the offseason was a big one at the trade deadline. Really didn't address it in either situation. Um, But as we talk about the Hal Cashman dynamic or Cashman's arrogance or feeling like he's got it all figured out, the thing that we can't account for is we don't know behind the closed doors what Hal is handing to him and what the parameters are. Now, they spent big on Judge, obviously, to bring him back. That's a no-brainer. We understand that. You know, they invest in Rodon. Bang, it, it backfires. It blows up in their face. The Donaldson contract blows up in their face. The LeMayu contract blows up in their face, more so after those first couple of years. So all of a sudden they hamstring themselves and put them in a spot where we, you know, we want cash. Well, get this guy, get that guy, sign that guy. Maybe doesn't have the capability. The other thing here, the way this seems to be shaping up to me as I look at this Bob Clappish article and the way in which the source is talking about Cashman, if the Yankees miss the postseason and if they somehow finish under 500, you almost there's got to be something that's thrown to the fan base. And I feel like it's starting to set up that Aaron Boone is going to be the fall guy, right? Because he's got a year left on his deal and then an option for 2025, whereas Cashman just started this new new portion of his deal. And like, right, we always say you can't change the players. And if Cashman is so Teflon, who does that leave you? It's Boone. If there's someone's going to have to take the hit and feel like you got to throw the red meat to the fan base, it feels like it's shaping up to be Aaron Boone. Yeah, it really does look like we're trending in that direction. If the Yankees miss the postseason, I said this a couple weeks ago. I forget exactly when it was, but I think it was right around the All-Star break. If they miss the postseason, I'm now at the point where I would be surprised if Aaron Boone is back next season. Because I think Howe realizes he has to do something. Yeah, And I I totally understand why he doesn't want to fire Brian Cashman. If I were in his shoes, I'd probably make the same move and keep Cashman around at least a little bit longer but not only do you have to give the fans something, you have to change something in this operation. You have to change something about how this is working. You have to shake it up. You have to bring in a new voice. And if that's not going to be the GM, then that has to be the manager. We hear about how collaborative these efforts are now, how these guys work together. I might want somebody who clashes with the GM a little bit more. They can get along. They can respect each other. But somebody to give you that, you know, I understand what you're saying and what your computers are spitting out here's my read on being in the clubhouse with these 26 human beings and how I think we have to balance that. And we always talk in football, right, about the GM and the head coach being on the same page and on the same timeline. If they move on from Boone and you're giving Cashman the... Hey, you give him three more years. Yeah, and you're giving or him the opportunity to, to either he is going to have a say in who the new manager is or you're going to pick it and then put him in a shotgun marriage situation. It's a lot of roadblocks to to get around there, especially with the way baseball works now with the front office, with it being numbers-driven and everyone coming together and being collaborative. So if they do move on from Boone, that next hire would be fascinating. You have to believe that they're not going to go the same route and just pluck someone out of the broadcast booth that's never done it before. You can't. It's like I said, they they have to hire somebody with experience. We'll see how that jives with uh, Cashman in the front office if indeed he does stick around. And it almost goes to the point Boomer was making a couple days ago. You know, with all the injuries, with all the nonsense that's gone on, this team is still above 500. It shouldn't take that much for Cashman to make the slightest tweaks and have, even if they're not winning World Series and some fans are always going to be bothered by that, 
but winning instead of what looks like this year, maybe 80-something games, 90-plus games, getting into the postseason, making the case for keeping Cashman that much stronger. You know, They're closer to winning than I think they are to it all falling apart. Cashman just has to make a couple of minor tweaks. I don't know how minor it approach. is, though, because, I mean, Stanton's here. You're not... You're not getting rid of that. That's di- that's different. There's no, nothing, no, I know. I mean but, the way he approaches the kind of players he wants on this team. Okay, but then those little two, they're going to have to find a way to get a lot of value for not a lot of buck. Because I don't, I mean, Rodon's not going anywhere. LeMayu's not going anywhere. Stan's not going anywhere. Judge is not going anywhere. You're probably looking at potentially removing, say what you want about Gleyber Torres, and he has his, his warts, and he's not a complete player. He's a frustrating player at times. I don't think they're paying him long term. So I don't whether it's they're going to move him in the offseason or next trade deadline. And he's been their most consistent yeah. offensive player this year. So I mean, where they're going to add, how they're going to add, and the money that you know the pitching rotation, Rodon, you know, Garrett Cole has been tremendous. But you know, Severino, where are we at with him? And that's why I said Herman may not ago, pitch in baseball ever again. <laughs> they need to make, they need to figure out what is the plan for twenty twenty four, five six. Figure out the next few years because you're also running out. There is. We don't know exactly how small the window is, but Garrett Cole is not going to be able and to judge, be this version yeah. of Garrett Cole forever. Yeah. Aaron Judge is not going to be able to be this guy forever. You need to figure something out to whether it's exceeding the luxury tax one or two years, Pulling then dialing Steve it Cohen. back. You, All and, in. And you don't have to go to that extent, wow. but you might have to make an extra move or two in the next couple of years, try to maximize the next few years before you run out of time. Fascinating winter ahead for both uh, franchises, as it turns out, and we're not even in the middle of ju- middle of August just yet. Uh, all right, let's take a se- step aside, take a break here. Fleelo on the fan. We come back. I got a couple of things to throw at Fliegelman uh, from his Mets experience last night. We do a little bit of football as well as we head towards the top of the hour. Boomer and Jerry, come your way then, Thursday morning on the fan.